Yes. <laughs> Good evening. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I never. Um, because I normally don't do the introduction. So yeah. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to FPL Happy Hour Last Orders, and it's live. Um, not as said, uh, as well as my normal podcast partner Sham. Uh, you may have noticed that I'm tonight joined by our good friend James. How are you, James? I'm very well, mate. How are you? Yeah, all good. Um, how's your How's your week been? It's Friday night. It's been a busy week with work, mate. But football's back at Villa Park tomorrow, so I can't really complain. Well, we'll, we'll see about that in twenty four hours time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We might speak on that on Monday. Yeah, um, yeah. So for those that haven't caught the podcast out from this week, um, you'll um, you might be surprised that Sham isn't joining me, um, but he's off. Um, doing something in the woods uh, with some people. <laughs> um, so I'm joined by James tonight um, and then uh, he'll also be joining me on Monday to record the um, have a, the start of the week podcast. And then I think you're joining me for a couple more live streams over the next couple of weeks as well, um, whilst Sham yeah. goes and watches West Ham lose. So. <laughs> yeah, you lumbered with me for a couple more weeks, sorry. Uh, well, hopefully you're going to give us some insight on the um, goings on at Villa because last week it was a disappointing weekend for you as a Villa fan. Yeah, I think we were caught a little bit cold by a Watford team that were buoyed on. I think everyone, all the Watford fans were happy to be back in the stadium. And as I said, I think they caught us a bit cold in that first half. It was more of a pre-season game. Hmm. Uh, but I think tomorrow at Villa Park against, let's be honest, not the best Newcastle team. I can't see anything but us coming away with a positive result. And if we don't, I think we might be in for a longer season than a lot of fans realise we might have been in for, but we'll see. Yeah, I think like a lot of people sort of, well, 10 days ago, we were, everyone was raving about Villa's business um, over the summer. I think it was brilliant. Some of the signings he made, yeah, the outgoing of Jack Grealish was there, but um, yeah, the money was spent well um to sort of make amends for losing him um it's just a case of trying to get those players to gel together really um so hopefully uh, if they, if they do all gel together then it should be a really exciting team to watch this season yeah definitely i think what a lot of villa fans have kind of realized after the watford game is everyone thinks we've done you know, we've probably had a very good window in comparison to other teams, but really we've kind of, I would say, moved sideways. Obviously, we've replaced one man with three, but, you know, the squad's maybe a little bit better, but is the first team quality a little bit better? I think it's it's hard to judge at the moment, but as you said, I think of the three, I'm most excited to see how Leon Bailey gets on. I think he looked really sharp when he came on against Watford, obviously got an assist and... Um, he's probably the quickest player I've seen in a Villa shirt for a very long time. He is absolutely electric. So, be interested to see how he gets on. And we know a little bit more about Danny Ings. If we can keep him fit, he should get us, I'm hoping, near enough 20 goals a season. So, 
him and Watkins as two strikers for a team that's only been in the Premier League a couple of years back now ain't a bad two to have really. Hmm. Yeah, it's um yeah, definitely exciting. You didn't even mention you didn't mention Ashley Young. Oh, Ashley Young, Ashley Young. It's been what 10, 11 years since yeah, we, we've seen. We signed in two thousand and ten or two thousand eleven. Yeah, might even be longer. Yeah. He, 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 to be fair, he's he's changed a lot, as you would obviously expect from a 36-year-old. But, um, yeah, he might be needed to cover left-back a little bit more than we thought this year because I think Matt Target's still having nightmares about Saar from the weekend. <laughs> um, yeah. It was pretty Matt horrific Tar- for him. <laughs> oh, Matt Target got turned inside out. I don't think he knew what where he was at points. And then I heard he played in the behind-closed-doors friendly the next day against Liverpool. Because supposedly he might have not been full fitness. So um, we'll maybe give him a pass on that week. But he's been targeted before by those kind of quicker wingers. I think back to the Wolves away game last season behind closed doors. And Adama Traore gave him nightmares all game as well. So, yeah, he's probably not the quickest fullback. But I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on last week. Cool. Right, let's have a just quickly... See who's in the chat. Um, oh, Sham isn't in the woods. He's in the chat. Um, evening, Sham. Um, evening, Dam- da- Damiano. Um, all the way from Melbourne. Um, oh, morning uh, to you. Uh, evening, FPL Glasto. We've got Rubber Ducky in there as well. And uh, Fadgley um, as well. Um, yeah, evening, guys. Thanks for joining us. Um, towards the end of the show, we'll do a quick Q&A as well. Um, but let's crack on with um, what we've got tonight. So we're just going to do um, a quick roundup of uh, your team from last week because um, yep. we don't know how you got on uh, in FPL. Um, we'll do a quick roundup of the press conference news um, and sort of the major talking points from that. Um, and then we'll have a look at the free hit teams, which is no longer Sham versus Rob. It's Sham and James versus Rob. Um, so we'll see what James's free hit team for the week is, um, as well as mine. Uh, then we'll have a look at our almost locked in teams. And then finally, we'll go through the game week fixtures, um, do some score predictions and the Q and A. So... Um, I haven't actually got a <laughs> screenshot of your team. I forgot to take it. So you don't want, want just, it. Don't worry. Do you want to just uh, tell you? Tell us. Um. Yeah. How many points you scored? Um. Major surprises. Um. Uh, major mistakes. Um. And yeah. Uh, what your rank was? Uh. Let's start with rank third. It's a, a, an embarrassingly high number. We are two point six million in the world. The heady heights of two point six million. You're in the top percent, mate. It's all good. Yep, yep. That's, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm top half. I'm, I'm the, the top I'm half. The, I'm the wolves of fantasy football. Consistently you top the, half. The Arsenal of fantasy football. <laughs> in the top <laughs> half, but not really challenging. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I finished on a grand total of seventy-six points for the week, which was seven more than the average. So. I'm going to take it. Uh, what? Where did I go wrong? Uh, let's start at the back. Martinez in goal for Aston Villa. He conceded three. So that was good. Luke Shaw conceded one and got himself a yellow card because he only got one point, I want to say. Yeah, he got yellow. Uh, yeah. I had Trent. I think that um, 
well, what's his ownership? What's Trent's ownership? 33%. Everyone had Trent. That was an obvious pick. I then went with Lewis Dunk at the back of Brighton. That was to try and cover me off against the Robert Sanchez owners at Brighton. And if it hadn't been for James Tarkowski physically assaulting Neil Morpai for Burnley's goal, would have had a clean sheet. So, yeah, not a great start at the back. I had Captain Mo in the midfield, so 34 points pretty much saved my game week. Uh, I also had Hyungmin Son, who got 10 points against Man City. I always like Son against Man City. He's got an incredible record. You'd probably say Son actually saved your game week more than Salah did. Yeah, maybe. Every, everyone, I think, every, I think like, that 34 points, I think everyone got, well, most people got those 34 points. Um, yeah, but, but on, 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 on the Saturday when uh, Bruno scored his however many points uh, and I didn't have him, I have to admit, it was a bit of squeaky bum time when Mo then played at half five. I needed a return there. The rest of the midfield was Harvey Barnes for Leicester. I thought he looked good in the community shield game against Man City. Probably had a quieter game than I expected against Wolves, but I think he's one to hold long term. I had... Emil Smith Rowe at Arsenal against Brentford on the opening night. Um, once again, I think Smith Rowe is a bit of a holder because I think Arsenal got tough two games and then they've got a fixture swing again. Yeah. And then in into the front line, I had Danny Ings who got a 97th minute penalty, so can't complain. Uh, Dominic Calvert Lewin, another seven points with a goal. I was undecided between him and Richarlison as of Friday. And Probably made the wrong decision there. And then Ivan Tony, who got me two points. Stuart Dallas, as my first sub on my bench, got me five if I'd played him. So I kind of set my team up in a way that uh, I wanted to still cover myself this season, at least at the start, till we see a little bit more with COVID. So, for example, I had John Stones as my second substitute as a five and a half defender and he was always one to bring in this week and I wanted with him and Dallas to have probably two playing subs out of the three mm. so we kind of knew a little bit more about COVID I think we've seen players like Veltman and then obviously Aubameyang and Lacazette had to drop out the Arsenal game just having that bit of coverage from COVID still at least in the early part of the season I thought was the better way to go so maybe not the best score to start with but I'm hoping I've set myself up a little bit more long-term, really. I mean, I think, yeah, no one was expecting such a high-scoring game week. Like, game week one, like, it's Normally never like that. And pretty the, average. Yeah, and the amount of people, like, hitting over 100 points in game week one is, oh. was crazy. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, it's, um, I mean, yeah, it's a long way to go, so even... Like just being Definitely. above average is is good. Um, <laughs> and it's about how you move, like not panicking, and just how you move forward um, with the 100%. season. Um, right. So let's go on to some cheeky talking points from the press conferences today. Um, so Pep has declared that Gundogan is fit, um, despite uh, the worries of the whole of FPL Twitter throughout the course of the week. Um, people panicking whether to buy or sell. Um, so, But it sounds like because De Bruyne is a doubt, um, Gundogan will probably more than uh, more than likely start. Um, 
in the midfield for City. Um, yeah, those that panicked and sold early, I think, are going to get a bit punished there. Um, I, I was just looking. He's fifth fifth most sold midfielder this week, and the one that surprised me even more is just above him in fourth is Jack Grealish, also of Man City, hmm. when they play Norwich, play Norwich this week. Yeah. Um, yep, I don't get that, but yeah, you'd imagine what you want to do. Um, the that's I think Sterling and Grealish looked the most threatening um, last Sunday. Um, Definitely. Gundogan play sort of sits in and plays that sort of KDB role quite well. Um, so you'd think those three are sort of pretty nailed on to start. I think it's Mares yeah. that is in danger of not not starting um, sort of out of the sort of forwards. I think players like Bernardo and Ferran could get uh, a look in instead. Um, yeah, I was surprised. I was surprised people transferred out Gundogan because I think we saw last season he can go on one of these kind of runs, can't he? Where he just turns up for three, four game weeks and he gets double digit hauls, fancy wise, every week and two or three bonus points. And owners are laughing that they've got him for such a cheap price compared to the rest of those Man City midfielders as an asset. So I know people were a little bit worried about you know, him not playing this week, but against a newly promoted team, if you haven't got one person on your bench, you could have risked that if Gundogan doesn't play, they mm. come on. I'm surprised so many people have sold him. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'll just, uh, and if you're going to sell him, you'd probably move to Grealish. Yeah. yeah I think it's like, it's yeah. a simple, it's what, 0.5 in it. Um, so yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a strange one. Um, so what's next? Uh, as you said earlier, uh, Watkins more or less ruled out this week. Um, yep. So it's only a positive for uh, Ings owners, really, um, sort of guaranteeing that yeah, he'll, you'd think they'd still play that four-three-three with Ings in through in the middle up top. Um, yeah, I've heard it might be a four-two-three-one tomorrow. Um, from what I've read online today, that uh, young Jacob Ramsey might come into the midfield to sit next to the Nakamba and McGinn might push further on uh, to sit behind Danny Ings. But then obviously, I would presume it will be Buendia and Ashley Young to start on the wings again. I don't know if he'll risk Leon Bailey hmm. from the start. But the talk is that Jacob Ramsey might play in midfield next to Nakamba tomorrow to allow John McGinn to push on a little bit, which is a role I like in John McGinn from watching Villa. I think everyone saw how he took his goal last week, and he's got a he's got a screamer in him. Yeah, we saw that in week. the season he got promoted because he was quite a good asset for FPL. So I think he was yeah. like five point five, and he was picking up a yeah. return every. Sort of every two or three games, you'd get something from him. Um, it was, yeah, definitely yeah, a nice asset to have. Um, yeah, right. I think we're just trialing that system going forward because uh, Morgan Sanson isn't far away from fitness. And I think when Sanson comes back in, that'll be a role he's looked to be deployed in as kind of to sit in a midfield three, maybe, but then be the one that pushes higher on because I. We haven't really seen a lot of him in a Villa shirt because of injuries, but I think he's another player that can do that role pretty comfortably. Cool. All right, next up, uh, Arsenal and Aubameyang's it out, um, but I don't know anyone that owns him, so let's on to the next. On to the next. Uh, Move on. Uh, he's next got COVID, one. hasn't he? I think they finally said he's got COVID. Yeah. 
Um, um, so you just, I just don't understand. They should have just said that from the start, shouldn't they? Last yeah. week, I don't understand it. Um, Chelsea, Pulisic, Z, uh, Pulisic is out, uh, but again, I don't think he's hugely owned. Uh, Ziyech, who there is a few owners for um, now, and Kante could return. Obviously, Kante as an FPL asset is nothing. Um, no. Leicester, Bertrand is out. Uh, but Castagna and Madison have both been declared fit. Um, Castagna could be an interesting one there for Leicester. Um, yep. Then United, Cavani is ready. He posted on Insta earlier with him on the running machine. I think that's his like standard, his like go-to post to say I'm fit okay. and ready. Is nice. like, I'm just going to be running on the running machine now. Um, Do you think he'll come in? No. I think for United, they'll. I think the only change I could see is Lindelof for Ran. Do you not think, think Sancho starts over Dan James? Oh, actually, yeah, and Dan uh, Sancho for Dan James. I think those two are the changes. Greenwood still through the middle. Um, yeah, I. I think that like going forward. The weak link for the whole game was Dan James. Um, yeah, he's got no end product. No. He's just got no end he's, product. He's a great... I think with Dan James, he's a great squad player. Um, yeah. Like, we'd never sell him. But yeah. he's not a he's not a start of United. Um, but no. he's a... He's a... He's your... I don't know. I'm trying to think of a player from the past. Um, you, he's your Anderson. <laughs> Just someone that puts nice. in, a, he'll put in a shift. Um, nice like, reference. Yeah, nice for twenty minutes. Um, I was going to say G Sun Park, but no, G Sun Park was more than that. No. Um, Legend. So yeah, uh, yeah, Sancho. I think Varane will start. Um, it'll be good to see him uh, on the pitch. Um, That's a scary back four now, isn't it? But uh, yeah, I think if you own Cavani. I'd be again very wary. A lot of people had Cavani last week, um, when yeah. it's very unlikely that he'd start. Um, if I were, yeah, I'd I'd probably be waiting a couple. Well, I'd probably be waiting till after the internationals now because um, I think it's game week five and six. Um, he's been selected for Uruguay, so he's back off again. <laughs> yes, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Yeah, Cavani's third most sold striker this week be- yeah, behind um, Ian Nacho and Lord Harry Kane. Yeah, um, which yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense. Um, and speaking of yeah. um, Mr. Kane, um, he's been training. I'm not sure whether we'll see him um, tomorrow in a Spurs shirt or Sunday. I think it is in a Spurs shirt, but yeah, um, it could be the perfect opportunity in a away game and. Um, sort of a limited amount of reaction uh, from the fans. Although, yeah, when I was there on Sunday, um, a lot of Spurs fans were very indifferent about how they'd react to him, the coming or going. Um, They kind of like, well, if he stays and scores in the first game after it's like confirmed he's staying, they're going to sing his name again. So they just want to... They want the whole sort of saga to be done and dusted with so that they can just get on with the season um, because it's a bit of an unwelcome distraction. Um, 
to what's going on in the pitch and after such a great performance on Sunday and to come away still talking about Harry Kane at the end of it um, is pretty sad for the club. Um, yeah. And then, um, but then they lost yesterday and everyone's just laughing about that instead. Um, yeah, they might need him to get them through against <laughs> to get Costa Ferreira. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that could be his parting gift to them. We'll, I'll get you into the Europa <laughs> Conference League group stages before I leave. Yeah. Um, we'll get you through for Albania away on a Thursday night. Just what you want, really. <laughs> isn't it? Right. So there's a little press conference roundup. And let's go on to. Um, we've touched briefly on um, who we think is sort of the best uh, picks maybe from a couple of teams. Um, so let's have a look at um, the Sham and James versus Rob uh, free hit. Um, last week, Sham won. So it's 1-0 to Sham in the head-to-head. Um, and this week, um, let's have a look at who James has selected um, as his team. That's it. So the pressure's just... on me then to keep up the winning streak. Just talk us through it. Um, just also remember for the benefit of those on audio um, who obviously can't see the uh, lovely screenshot. I will name as we go. Um, so starting in goal, I think, yep, I've gone with Edison and Man City. Seems a pretty obvious pick against the newly promoted Norwich. I did a bit of digging last night. Uh, in the 24 games... As a Man City goalkeeper, he's faced the newly promoted side. He keeps a clean sheet in two out of the three of them. He's got 16 clean sheets in 24 against newly promoted side. So I like the odds against Norwich on tomorrow afternoon. Yep. Early tomorrow. Do you know what happened last time <laughs> they played Norwich at home? Didn't they lose 3 2? I want to say. Was it 3 2? Yeah. I just remember it was Pookie Party season. Yes. <laughs> Yep, it was. It was, yeah, at Norwich. Yeah, now you say that, I remember. Yeah, it was pookie party season. But, um, yeah, I think, bless Norwich. They didn't really stand much of a chance against Liverpool last week. And uh, Tottenham beating Man City, I don't think will have pleased Pep very much. So, I think Man City might be out for blood tomorrow. So, I expect a clean sheet there. And that leads on to my first defender. Uh, I went with Ruben Diaz. I think, once again, it's kind of working on the percentiles that it's probably the favourite for a clean sheet this weekend. And I hope from a Man City perspective that he's got John Stones next to him, not Nathan Ake, because Nathan Ake doesn't look like the player that he was, even in a Bournemouth shirt two, two, three years ago. And Benjamin Mendy needs to stick to doing stupid Instagram videos compared to being a footballer. (laughs) Benjamin Mendy's... Possibly the worst left back in the league, and I don't mean that as like a joke. The Graham Souness of FPL Happy Hour. <laughs> instead of going at Paul Pogba, you're going to go at Benjamin Mendy. <laughs> oh, I think Benjamin Mendy is terrible. He was great at Monaco, and I, no, Pep seems to get the best out of every player except for him. Yeah, he's been. He was. He was brilliant at FPL Asset a couple of years ago, and then he, uh, the injuries started happening. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, enough of Benjamin Mendy, because otherwise you'll go Mendy. on about him yep. all night. No, no, let's move on from him. Uh, my next defender was Shimikas, I want to say, from Liverpool. I think uh, having a buy-in now at, I think he's gone up in price, isn't he? He's now 4.1 into that Liverpool defence, a defence that's now got 
let's say a ninety percent Van Dyke back, but a ninety percent Van Dyke's better than ninety percent of the Premier League defenders. Uh and I think we were all quite surprised by how attacking he actually was against Burnley. He seemed to be getting forward for me more than Trent. I think he had more crosses into the box than Trent. And I think if that Liverpool midfield improves, I don't know what the update is on players like Fabinho and Thiago, but with definitely Fabinho back in that midfield, I think that their defence is likely to be protected a little bit better. So I think he could be a sure bet for another clean sheet. And then the last defender I went with was Ethan Pinnock of Brentford. I thought I'd be a little bit out there with this pick. I think, once again, we were all really impressed with him against Arsenal on the Friday night. I I don't know how much you read into it of Arsenal being Arsenal uh, and Brentford playing at home in that new stadium for the first time in front of fans. But obviously the assist with the long throw, I think, was his assist. And uh, the fact that Brentford seemed to be playing a three at the back uh, much like Chelsea did last week against Crystal Palace. I'm not going to compare the Chelsea back three to the Bur- uh, to the Brentford back three because I'm not that silly. <laughs> but I think the Chelsea back three really nullified any kind of impact Zaha, who you would pick out as Crystal Palace's talisman, had. And the fact that he had to drift quite centrally because of the three centre-backs to pick up the ball, I think kind of reduces some of the risks you see from Zahar. And I think Brentford will go into that game high in confidence. Crystal Palace took a bit of a batter in. It could have been 4-5-0 against Chelsea. So I think Pinnock could be a good option again for another clean sheet. Moving into the midfield, I've got my third Man City pick. And yes, I am still slightly biased and it is Jack Grealish. Uh, no matter what any other Villa player still says, he's the did best you, Villa player I've put, seen. Did you want to put a Villa shirt back on him on the screenshot? We do no, I'm not bitter. Time? I'm not bitter he's gone. <laughs> I'm not bitter he's gone. But no matter what any deluded Aston Villa fan says, he is the best player that's played in a Villa shirt for a long, long time. And I think he'll be a real, real top player for Man City. And I think we discussed earlier that looks like De Bruyne isn't going to be fit. I saw you know, glimpses of the Grealish I've seen at Aston Villa for Man City against Tottenham uh, last week, especially that early driving run where everyone thought it might have won a penalty, but it was just outside the box. And I think till we get a bit of a better idea on Pep Roulette and costing £100 million, he ain't getting dropped for now. And against Norwich, I think that's the kind of game he could really go off on. Uh, Next up for me was Hyungmin Son. I had him... Before last week, he was always in my plans and he proved last week why Tottenham might rely on him quite heavily if Harry Kane goes. I think he's another excellent asset and a good fixture this week against a Wolves team that are still gelling under Bruno Lage. Mo Salah is my third midfielder and will be the captain of this team. Burnley at home in front of in front of the full Anfield. Um, I think except for maybe Bruno, he's the obvious captain choice for most teams this week. And he's already got what a golden assist to his name and back in a full-hand field. I think they might f- go with that flying four. And I think Firmino might even come in 
and Jota might play and Mane and Salah being back at home. So I think there could be goals there for Liverpool. And then my final pick in the midfield was Ishmael Assar of Watford. They play Brighton this weekend. As I uh, alluded to before the podcast, uh, Matt Target still having nightmares about Ishmael Assar. I think he was probably Watford's standout player. I know Dennis probably caught the headlines with his goal assist, but Ishmael Assar was so direct. Everything went for him, didn't it? Yeah. so direct against Aston Villa. And then when I look at the fact that Pascal Gross was playing left wing back for Brighton on the weekend and the fact that Veltman's still out, is Pascal Gross really going to want to get turned and get running behind by Ishmael Assar? I can't see it personally. And I think that's a good fixture for Watford again. And I have to say, I was really impressed with them against Villa. Um, I thought they were really, really good. I think the home crowd helped them a lot, but... Yeah, really, really impressed by Ishmael Assar. And then my three forwards. First one I went with was Neil Morpai. Uh, he plays Watford. I think that could be a high-scoring game both ways. I think uh, we saw that the Watford defence kind of switched off in that second half or got caught a little bit cold by Villa once we actually started to attack. So I think they are going to be leaking goals this season. And obviously, he's already up and running with a goal this season and I think I heard this week that he's now on penalty duties over Pascal Gross. I think that's been changed over during the summer so I think he's one that could be one to keep an eye on and I think they've got a good run of fixtures Brighton for a long long time um, especially at home so one that I'm keeping an eye out for my main team as well. My second striker is Dominic Calvert-Lewin was excellent against Southampton. I think he didn't train till the Friday before because of a toe injury. Rafa was pretty unapologetic in the way he played. They just crossed and crossed and crossed and crossed and crossed against Southampton. And I think that's something that's going to suit Calvert-Lewin. Mm. You know, he, he's he's good in the air. I think when you saw his goal, he's basically taking a diving header from within the six-yard box. He's not afraid to go and attack a ball or you know, be brave in that challenge. And that's uh, that Southampton defence they played last week looked a little bit shaky and he got his goal. And I think the Leeds defence this week, with the way the uh, wing-backs get on for Leeds, and I presume there's still going to be no Calvin Phillips for Leeds, I think Leeds are prone to leak some goals until at least they get someone back in that midfield to cover the defence. And then my last pick, I had to go with him. He's the signing of the summer for me. He will be the golden boot winner in the Premier League this season for me. Jaden Sancho. It's not Jaden Sancho. (laughs) It's it's the main man, Romelo Lukaku. And um, as you know, Rob, I'm a massive fan of the Serie A and I can't wait to see this guy back in the Premier League. Uh, The player that left Manchester United... Three, four years ago now, maybe yeah, three years two, ago. Two, three was, years ago, Solskjaer's first summer. Right, the player that left Manchester United is definitely not the player that's coming back. I was obviously doing my bit of research because then you you knew I was always going to talk about him. I had a quick dig in seventy games for Inter in both Syria and European competitions. That's 70 games. It was 60 goals and 17 assists. 
So more than a goal contribution a game in Syria or European competitions. Just farmers League, though, mate. Oh, don't start. <laughs> don't you start. <laughs> Definitely not the Farmers League. Um, I also picked him in this team because I didn't know if you knew, but his debut record is possibly the best one I've ever seen in the Premier League for yeah, the respective I clubs. I think he scored for every in every Premier League like debut that he's had. Except for one. So it is fir- when he first signed for Chelsea, he came on and got an assist and man of the match. When he went out on loan to West Brom, he scored on his debut. Everton, he got a goal in his debut and then his, his home debut, he got two. And then he got two on his Manchester United full debut as well. And he hasn't got a bad record against Arsenal as well. I think it's eight goal contributions in 17 games against them. So he's getting a goal contribution every other game against Arsenal. And if I'm honest, I think he's going to flat track bully Ben White into the middle of next week. We'll still be <laughs> we'll still be trying to find Ben White on Monday's podcast. Um, yeah, the Lukaku that's coming back is an absolute machine for me, an absolute monster. And I think the way Chelsea play is going to really suit him because it's very similar to the way that Inter team plays. Inter adopted a three-five-two. I know Chelsea's is a bit more of a 3-4-3. And the Lukaku partnership with Latoro Martinez at Inter is one that I think will work quite similarly with uh, Timo Werner. Obviously, I don't expect Werner to get the goals that Martinez gets because Werner couldn't hit a barn door. But um, the fact that... um, the way Chelsea play like that, and I think also with Havertz, we saw at the back end of last season in Inter's title-winning season that actually they kind of moved away and from a 3-5-2 and became more of a 3-4-1-2 with Ericsson playing behind those two strikers. And I think that's a role Havertz could definitely play for Chelsea or a Mount or we talked that Ziyech may be back this week. Someone like that dropping off a striker or a striking pair, I think. Yeah, Lukaku's kind of really adapted his game that he can do a bit of both. Him and Lataro worked beautifully together that one would always drop and draw a defender and it would normally be Lataro that did that and then Lukaku would go in behind and we've seen that he's got pace and we know he's got strength and he's only got to get a sniff or a look at the goal and as I said, that goal-scoring record of what was it, 77 goal contributions in 70 games is undeniable. So, as I said, I tip him to win the Golden Boot this year if he stays fit. And I think he'll go down as, it's hard to say a bargain at 98 million, but if he takes Chelsea to a Premier League title, does he go down as a bargain? I think he might do. Could be. Um, Cool. Uh, Just... Uh, after that, we've oh, we've had uh, FPL Wilson in the chat, who I believe is a Palace fan. Probably doesn't like your Pinnock fit pick. And um, he said, "What is this stupid team?" Only joking. It looks good, mate. Right. So I'll, I'll quickly run through mine because um, I, I I didn't spend that long on it, to be fair. Um, um, but we have very similar players. So I've got Edison in goal. Um, I've gone with two Liverpool at the back. I've gone with TAA and Simicas. Um, I've got Diaz as well. Um, I think those three, pretty well, and Edison, I think pretty nailed on for the clean sheet. 
gone with Luke Shaw. I think there's attacking returns uh, in it um, this week again. I think I'm going to say that a, a lot of times this season about Luke Shaw, um, that there's yeah. attacking returns there to be had. Um, I think it was just the case last season, he was just he was threatening last season, but I think after seeing it through the summer on such a high at such a high level, we um, I think it's, everyone's a lot more conscious of it um, rather than yeah. trying to write him off a lot. Um, I've gone with Grealish like yourself, and I've gone with Saar like yourself um, for exactly the same reasons as you said. Um, I've gone Salah captain, um, which I'm maybe slightly regretting now. Um, I could have easily uh, gone to Bruno instead um, as a captain this week. Um, and then I've got Mason Greenwood as well, who I think, um, like we when we touched on Cavani earlier, I don't think um, Cavani will start. He'd probably come on um, at some point in the second half. I think Greenwood would very much be playing in that number nine position um, on Sunday afternoon. And I've gone one up top um, with Callum Wilson, um, who I fancy getting a goal against Villa. Um, Disgraceful. Yeah, we, I mean, me and Sham have argued um, about Callum Wilson and Alex uh, St. Maximin um, a lot over the last week or so. Um, but I'm going to stick with Wilson um, and hope that he returns. Otherwise, um, Sham will give me a load of mouth uh, during the week. <laughs> so that's the three hit teams. Um, maybe uh, drop a comment or write down in the chat who you think um, will win out of the two of them. I think um, altogether, you're actually using a brand new team um, for your free hit, whilst my yep. one was a minus 48. Uh, I didn't actually oh. take a free hit. <laughs> and then I've realised you would have had more money to spend than me because every transfer I make, I make I'm losing point 0.1 on every single oh, transfer. That, so you've got more it, money yeah, excuses, than me. Excuses have started already. Yeah, so I'm not sure this is going to work, to be fair. Um, by the end of the season, it'll be like, right, budget teams all round. Um, I'm not making 38 accounts for the rest of the season just to do that. Well, hopefully, hopefully, Simicass's uh, price will rise and up enough to cover all of these uh, all of these transfer taxes. Um, cool. Right now, on to um, our almost locked in game week teams. So that was the free hit uh, for everyone uh, that might be just joining us. Um, they're not actually our teams for this week. They're just teams that were made for game week two. Um, we've already, you've already gone through um, how your team did last week. Are you making any transfers um, ahead of game week two, or are you just rolling the dice and just rolling the dice for me? Obviously, John Stones is going to come in for Emil Smith Rowe. For anybody that's listening, except for that, I set this team up with the sole intention of unless we saw an injury or kind of any shock news that this team would take me through the first two game weeks. I just wanted to collect a little bit more data. I think trying to make transfers on one game week is a little bit punty. I know two game yeah, weeks might not be much better. Yeah, but I always had the intention to roll the transfer, as I said, and I think two next week gives me some leeway where 
I can start to look towards dropping down because, as I said, I've probably got their 13 starters, really. Maybe dropping that down to 12, saving myself a little bit of money on a starter and plowing that money back into another premium, maybe. So, yeah, sticking it's with even, my team for now. Even dropping like someone like Dallas Dallas down to Simicas, if but depending on, it'll probably that depends on the Rob, uh, any Robertson news. Um, Some news, yeah. Um, like I'm starting to hear mid-September as um, when he could be back, which is as soon as that could be like game week six. Um, six, yeah. So yeah, it'll be interesting um, to see, um, and especially yeah, those that have got him um, as where they've got like free only got three playing defenders and one of them is him. Um, that's yeah. Those people are going to be um, the ones that that are struggling because they now got yeah. to try and uh, move a bit of money around to get him back, but yeah. probably not have to worry about it too soon. Yeah, the one I saw at that price that interests me was Livramento at Southampton. Mm. Uh, he started on the weekend instead of Carl Walker-Peters, which I don't think a lot of Southampton fans expected. But I think if he stays in the team um, as a as what would probably become a second sub for me, for say someone like Lewis Dunk, that would save me one and a half million. So that would leave me only half a million away from Son to Bruno. Or, you know, I could move Ivan Tony up to another one of those kind of Callum Wilson, Mikel Antonio kind of strikers. So that's kind of where I'm at thinking-wise at the moment. Cool. Um, right, my team, uh, like yourself, I'm just rolling this week. Um, like, there's a few iffy ones. Um, like, I think, like I mentioned on the pod the other day, that I haven't sort of got in my head like red flags against players but I've just got kind of an asterisk next to them to go right let's keep an eye on that um, because moving forward that could be a player that I might not need to have um, yep so I've got I mean Sanchez in goal TAA Shaw Simicast as my back three um, Buendia who's one of my asterisk players um, at the moment but I'm I'm still trusting that um yeah he like I'm not panicking about it at all. Um I've got no. Masala as my vice captain. Um Harvey Barnes, uh, Bruno Fernandez as my captain. Um I think I thought about it uh, a fair bit over the last couple of days and I've just got everything stats wise numbers wise points to Bruno captaining Bruno over captaining Salah this week. Um, yeah. Burnley a lot better defensively. Um, Salah also has players like uh, Jota, Mane um, that get an equal number of chances that he does. Yeah. Um, whilst with Bruno, ever even even though like we see a lot of the ball going went through Pogba the other day. The, like the amount of times Pogba's first thought is get it to Bruno because Bruno's yep. making those runs. Um, yeah, and for yeah. those, um, so I'm an advanced tier patron for Planet FPL, and um, James uh, did a fantastic tactical analysis on Bruno Fernandes right. um, from the Leeds game. 
And um, I, I hadn't even noticed because like, watching it as a fan, you, you're too engrossed emotionally. Yeah, you lose yourself. Yeah. yeah. And watching back on it, and um, yeah, James going like going through it. The amount of times Bruno gets on his bike to move forward, um, like he'll just yeah. spring into life from break forward to try and uh, lose whoever's marking him in the midfield to then uh, break through those defenders. And the number of times then Greenwood comes out to make that space for him. And two of the goals were caused by Greenwood just dropping out and Bruno coming in. And um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it will. Um, I. Against the Southampton side that I'm still not sure about at all this season, I think the ceiling's there for Bruno uh, to hear. And as I say that, Paolo Horro has said, Bruno will flop hard this season when Sancho starts. I think Sancho will start on Sunday, and I think we could get another double-digit haul from Bruno. Simple as yeah, that. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you. I think the only thing... Well, one, I haven't got Bruno, so I can't go with him. And two, I think for people kind of with this dilemma between Salah and Fernandez, the things that point me towards Salah, one, I like the fact that he's back in a full Anfield. I think that can't be underestimated. We saw the home games last week. There was a real swing for those home teams, yeah. I think. That's going to continue for a good couple of weeks, I think. I think we could see be the other side of maybe the second international break before we start to see a more of a normal game week, home and away results-wise. And The second thing I picked up with, obviously after what you said there, is Bruno against Leeds was against Robin Koch in the yep. midfield, who's normally a centre-back. I think he looked a little bit lost at times. I think... That Southampton midfield, I would presume Aurel Romeo is going to sit in that in front and probably be tasked with as best he can kicking Bruno out of the game. And I think that's just another added dimension for people to think about that Bruno was outstanding against Leeds, but I think he wouldn't have had the same impact, say, if Leeds had had a Calvin Phillips in that role, an actual natural midfielder that kind of reads and understands the game a little bit better than a centre-back having to step up into that defensive role. So I think, as you said, it's a real 50-50, but I would still, if I had both air with Bruno. Well, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, and then my front three, um, obviously the same as last week, although I think I started Soufal over Tony last week, but I'm bringing Tony in. Um, up against Palace, um, I think the way that Brentford played against Arsenal, if they press that high, I'm not sure Palace, like oh. Arsenal couldn't deal with it. I don't think Palace no. will be able to deal with it at all. Um, no, I, I think, I think Palace were, Palace struggled a little bit with the fact that uh, Conor Gallagher was missing for them last week against Chelsea because of obviously being a Chelsea player. And I think he, in that West Brom team last year, kind of really set the tempo from defence moving forward. He was the one to always pick it up and look to make the forward runs to find a Pereira or a Dean Garn or someone else that was playing for West Brom. And I think they missed that Crystal Palace. Admittedly, they were against a very good Chelsea team. But just having someone that can transition it through the lines a little bit quicker than a Czech Coyote or someone like that, I think that's where Gallagher's going to be key for them this year. But as you said, Brentford pressed well. I was impressed with 
actually, I think everyone coming into the start of the season said Ivan Tony is just going to be a hitman in that six-yard box, and he might be a little bit limited in his other parts of his game. Where if if anything against Arsenal, he showed every other part of his game. <laughs> yeah, apart from the finishing, pushing, <laughs> the link up with Embuemo, the coming shorts and winning those aerial duels against Ben White and just yeah. his hold-up play and being able to bring other players into the game, I thought was exceptional. And if he carries on like that, you know, the goals are going to come for him because he's a striker and he's a talisman. But I think he could get a good number of assists and bonus points when we look at it from a fantasy perspective with that kind of all-round game as a striker. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's... It reminds me a little bit like um, how sort of a combination of how Leeds played um, at times at the beginning of last season, very gung-ho, and Sheffield United yeah. uh, two or three years ago when they yeah. first came up. Uh, it was very much like that, very gung-ho. So there'll be games where they, they dominate and teams really struggle to deal with it, but then there'll be yeah. games um, like against um, City, Liverpool, Chelsea, you know, like the sort of top four or five sides where they're going to get dicked. Um, essentially, yeah. like, like yeah. they'll just, they'll go gung-ho, but there'll be teams that the the defensive players will be able to deal with that press quite comfortably um, and quickly move the ball into the other, other half of the pitch and they'll be punished. Um, but yeah, they'll be I'm, very, I'm I looking think forward. they'll be exciting to watch. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing them this season. That's what I was just about to say. I think uh, Villa have got them, obviously, next week. Um, and I think, as you said, that could be one uh, away. They're playing at Villa Park again. be interesting to see how they try and stamp their authority on a game away from home, not at the Brentford Stadium. And I think if they come and high-press Villa, it could actually play into our hands a little bit with a fully fit Leon Bailey and Buendia going down the wings against that three back with then Danny Ings, maybe one-on-one against the centre back. If our wingers can drag them out, it'll be interesting to see how they play away from home. And like with the sort of the good distribution as well from, from the back, like players like, um, well, Emmy Martinez is great distributing the ball. Uh, Tyrone Mings um, is very comfortable on the ball in general. Um, like we joke about him. Um, well, I think up up until the Euros, joked about Tyrone Mings and how he seemed the least comfortable on the ball uh, in the England defence. But um, in that Aston Villa side, he is very comfortable. Um, anyway, yeah. he's not even Aston Villa's best centre back. But that's a discussion <laughs> for another that's, day. That's Axel, isn't it? That. Oh, oh yeah, it is now. I forgot about Axel. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and anyway, my last two players, I've got Antonio um, and Danny Ings. Uh, Soufal, I've got Veltman sitting there on the bench. And Gilmore, yeah, nothing to panic about. Um, but like I said, yeah, I've got little asterisks uh, next to Buendia at the moment um, and Harvey Barnes at the moment. Um, I just want to see a bit more from uh, both of them. Yeah, Buendia's right. got another week. I think you've got to give him against Brentford next week as well, surely. Yeah, um, yeah. It was it's a case of not panicking um, and knowing that there's this international break coming up where I yeah. might want a couple of transfers to yeah. move around because I don't plan on using my wild card earlier. I plan to use it around game week eleven or twelve 
um, for the right. Man City, Liverpool, and Man United fixture swing, um, so that I can just pile into those three. Um, yeah. Right. What are we on to next? Uh, the game week fixtures and the Q and A. So yeah, make sure, um, guys, if we can get uh, if you've got any questions, get them into the chat, um, and we'll. Um, do our best to answer them. But in the meantime, we'll just do some score predictions. Um, I think we've probably covered every single game um, in some way. For you. So <laughs> we might not uh, go into too much depth. We'll just get some quick score predictions. And if there's any uh, particular player that, if you were looking at this fixture and wanting to target it, who would you go for? Or would you just not touch it? Um, so uh, Liverpool, Burnley. Um, what do you think for that one? You can go first for this one. I'm thinking it's going to be another... I'm going to go 3-0 Liverpool again. And even though we've all got Salah in our team, I think Mane's record against Burnley is better. So Mane is the one to watch for me <laughs> in this game. Uh, yeah, I'd probably I'd go with a 3-2 yeah, or 3-0. I don't think it'll be a thrashing. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be comfortable for Liverpool. Um, but I don't think yeah. it'll be a thrashing, which is why I'm I'm just not feeling the Salah captaincy and think I'm comfortable <laughs> to, to go with Bruno this week. Um, yeah. I'll go first with this one. Villa, Newcastle. I'm going to go 4-0 Newcastle. Uh, I, <laughs> I think 2-1 two, two, Villa. Um, okay. I'd like to see more defensively from Villa. Um, obviously, they're very disappointing the other day. Um, ASM will probably give that sort of that same threat that Saw did. Um, yeah, which then concerns me. Um, like I fear for Matt Target's life a little bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um he's gonna need some help. That's why I think I, actually, I think my yeah, I think that. Villa have enough attacking-wise to, and they showed it in the last um, last knockings of the game last weekend. Um, they've got enough there to attack teams. Um, I think it's just a case of that side just gelling together. So yeah, I'm going to go 2-1 to Villa um, in that one. What do you think with yeah. Villa-Newcastle? I'm, I'm similar with you. Obviously, I'm going to say a Villa win. Uh I'll say 2-1 as well. If Leon Bailey starts, it's 3-1 Aston Villa. There you go. That's what I'm going to say. All, and then... All very agreeable, this is. Yeah, yeah, so far. We'll start disagreeing from now. I'll, I'll <laughs> say Southampton will beat Man United. It's fine. I'll, I'll <laughs> go there. The fuck off, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Uh, next up, Palace versus Brentford at Selhurst Park. Ah, I'm undecided. I'm gonna go one. I'm gonna go one-one. Even though I said I'd have Ethan, even though I've got Ethan Pinnock in my wild card draft this week. I think Ivan Tony will open his account in the Premier League, but I could maybe see Palace grabbing one as well. So one all for me. I'm gonna go two-one Brentford. Oh, brave! Go out there. Um, out there with that Brentford top of the league yeah um, well no because we're going to win 9-0 against Southampton um, <laughs> Leeds versus Edmonton but whilst we're on the subject of Leeds Paolo has got in the chat uh, would you go Sufal over Ailing this week 
Um, so, Seafell against Leicester Ooh. or Ailing versus Everton. Who would that's you a, prefer? That's a hard... That's a hard one, that is. I would go with... Oh, that is a tough one. I would go with Q... Yeah, I'd go with Soufal on the Monday night. I think he was unlucky not to get a return against... Mm, who did they play? Newcastle. If Was it was it him that won the penalty for Antonio? Or should no. have... Where Antonio hit the crossbar with his cross? Yeah. He should have had an assist Actually, for yeah. Antonio at some point, I remember. Yeah. Um... I think Kufaz. Oh, but saying that Luke Ayling did smash a screamer in at Old he's Trafford. Got, so. He's got one attacking return in like thirty-nine in two, Premier League games. Games. Yeah, that leads at home as well. That is a tough one. I'm going to sit on the fence on that and not actually give you an answer. <laughs> there you go, Paolo. <laughs> um, oh. I'd, 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 I'd go Sufal over Ayling. Um, I don't think either are going to keep a clean sheet, so I've got to go with who I feel provides the most attacking threat, and I think that's Vladimir Sufal. Um, yeah. Oh, Ailing, Ailing not going to get two one, and two. One goal, yeah, one goal, um, yeah, which was a worldie. Um, he might have got a bit lucky. No. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one goal, it doesn't change my opinion. Um of him, uh, like as providing an attacking threat, and it shouldn't change anyone else's. No. Um, like at the end of the day, uh, who is it? Christensen in the Euros scored that screamer for Denmark. Yep. Doesn't make him a yep. great attacking <laughs> attacking asset, does it? Um, you still well, got that same. You never know. Got to have the same uh, <laughs> same opinion of him as uh, before. Yeah, look at his XG from that goal. It's like. Probably 0.01 or something ridiculous. Um, right, uh, next game. Man City versus Norwich. I think this could be a cricket score. I, yeah, I'm going to agree Norwich. with you. Um, Delia Smith yeah, I do a little bit. might stay at home. <laughs> yeah, stay in, the ki- stay in the kitchen, Delia. Am I allowed to say that? Or is that... Um, um, Maybe stay in the uh, hospitality suite, <laughs> Delia. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Hide, yeah, hide, yeah. Delia. Uh, watch something else. I'm, there's, I'm... there's, there's three other games on at the same time, so she doesn't have to watch Norwich get smashed by City. Um, she could, yeah. watch she could watch Villa get smashed by Newcastle instead. Yeah, exactly. When <laughs> when City are winning three 0 in twenty minutes, maybe just turn off at that point. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we both, I think we both agree that we actually like Grealish over anyone else in that game. Um, to yeah. provide some returns. Um, yeah, definitely. Right. Uh, then the evening kickoff for Saturday evening: Brighton versus Watford. Cracking game that's going to be for yeah. Saturday night football. Yeah. yeah, of all the games for Saturday night yeah. football. No, Sat- I think it. I think Saturday five thirty kickoffs are back um, with yeah, the worst exactly. game of the day. Um, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It probably is. Well, I, I think Palace on paper Brentford. it could be quite exciting. Um, I think. Yeah, I think, I think Watford will be good again. I don't think. I think Watford are going to be unapologetic this year and will just attack. And if they go down, if they go down swinging, they go down swinging. Because I think if Villa had had another twenty minutes against them, it would have been three all, if not four three, back to Villa the way they defended. But yeah, I could see this being, you know, maybe a two two 
maybe a Desmond, maybe a three-two one way or the other. <laughs> I was I was just thinking to myself, two-two um, or three-two, <laughs> something like that. Um, yeah, I'm going to go three-two Brighton. There you go. You say two-two, I'll say three-two. Um, I'll go with that. Yeah, there's a 95th minute winner for um, not for Neil Morpé because he's in the free hit team. Lewis Dunk. Lewis Dunk is in my normal team. He's Lewis Dunk, back to the Lewis Dunk. Um, there we go. You've called it. It's going to happen. <laughs> um, right. Southampton versus Man United. Uh, Adam Armstrong to get a hat trick <laughs> and Rafael Varad to look like uh, Pepe when he retired in, uh, in a Real Madrid shirt. Uh, no, uh, I'm going to go with... I fear this could be a cricket score as well, but I don't want to say it because I don't have any Man United assets except for Luke Shaw. <laughs> I'm going to go with 4-1 Manchester United. I'm going to go with 3-0 Man United. I, I don't like I think Adam that, but I've, I've got... <laughs> we could easily be 2-0 up at... Um... At half time, you've got, uh, you've got down a poor at record. You've got a uh, poor record at, at Southampton, haven't you? Seems to remember until last year. Obviously, until yeah, until the nine nil game. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. that was at Old Trafford, the nine nil last oh, year yeah. in this fixture. We were two 0 down at half time, and then um, yeah. Cavani came on and was just unbelievable in the second half, and um, he got two goals and an assist, and we won three two. Simple oh, as that. I've got that wrong in my head. I thought you were pretty poor at Southampton. I'm thinking of all the, the way back half. when you had to change your shirts. When oh. you had to change your shirts oh, at yeah, half Historically, time. we've always been awful. I think, <laughs> yeah, we lost, we've lost like 6-3, um, 3-1. Um, yeah, we've had some awful results at yeah. uh, the Dell and at St. Mary's. You um, never catch that off an Aston Villa team. Right. Next up, Wolves versus Spurs. I'm going to go 1-0 Spurs. I'm going to go 2-1 Spurs. Harry Kane to come on and get the winner. <laughs> um, no, one thing, that, one thing that did really impress me last week was the way that Spurs defended. I think they were very brave and organised um, defence. It was a bit sketchy for the first sort of quarter of the game. But yeah. then they were very organised and brave and limited City to a minimal amount of chances, like pot shots, basically, um, for much of the game. So, yeah, I, I'm i going to back Spurs for a clean sheet um, in in that game. Um, but I, we don't know much about this Wolves side yet. I think uh, no. there's a lot to learn about them. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I'm just going to go 1-0 Spurs. Um, Arsenal versus Chelsea, Super Sunday. I really, I really want to be horrible to Arsenal fans because they were particularly poor against Brentford. Hmm. I'll go with it. I'm going three nil Chelsea. Um, I, I wouldn't argue against that. Like I could see Lukaku to get two at least. I could see not all three. the Emirates not being a very nice place on Sunday. No, nope. um, and I could see Arteta maybe not having a job by the end of the weekend. Um, if well, they got Man City nice after, yeah. Um, if they lose, the crowd reaction 
is going to be because they haven't had that chance to voice themselves, have they? Well, there's a protest before about Cronky as well, isn't there? Hmm. Um, and or is I, that tomorrow? I They're mean, protesting over the weekend, Arsenal, definitely. Uh, the, the funny thing, um, about, like people, and it's a lot of Arsenal fans, they shout out and uh, mouth off about uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, uh, PE teacher this, <laughs> PE teacher that. Um, it's like, at least he like, came second in the league last year. Like, how did yep. Arteta do at the end exactly. of the day? And, like, yeah, and he spent gonna... more money. Um, and that, but you've still got a coach aside. You can't just turn up and yep. then tell him. So, like, he must be doing some, something yeah. right. And he so always he beats be Leeds. Yeah. Well, we didn't. Yeah. The second game last season didn't beat Leeds. Um, that, was, well, that was awful. That you then battered them. No, you then battered them six. We've battered, so. Yeah, we've battered them twice. Um, yeah, I can't uh, remember the last time Arsenal. Yeah, I've, I've, I'm really concerned about, um, yeah, Arsenal and Arteta and his job stability. Um, I, I think he, I think I, he'll be the first one to go. Yeah, um, I think the favourite before last week, before the first game, the favourite as the first to go was Vieira. It's now Arteta. Um, I think the Arsenal, Vieira thing. Arsenal could be could be zero from nine this time in two weeks. When we get to the international break, they could be bottom of the table, zero points from nine, hmm. and staring down a very long season. So yeah, it doesn't surprise me. But then we we said this about them like it would have been a year ago. We would have been probably around yeah. game week three or four now. Yeah, they were sixteenth. Yeah, and, down they there. Were, and we we were joking about uh, relegation and all that, and we could be making those same jokes again. Um, but we shall see. <laughs> right, and then finally Monday night football: West Ham v Leicester. Um, what are we thinking? Uh, I hope Sham has turned off because West uh, West Ham are going to get their pants pulled down. Um, <laughs> Uh, where am I going here? I am going 2-0 Leicester, Jamie Vardy to score a goal and make fun of the West Ham fans like he likes to do in every away game, wherever he plays. <laughs> he's such a, he's such a, I'm not going to describe him on YouTube, but he is a horrible, horrible striker to come up against. I think the, the celebration against Wolves, pretending to be a wolf howling, just about sums up that man, and I love every minute of it. Yeah, I, I'm going to say 1-1. One, one. Um, I think both teams will score. Um, I mean, for West Ham, the Olympic Stadium, it's not like... It's got a running track around, yeah. around it. It's not a proper it's not, stadium, is it? Yeah, it's not... Like, it's different to other football grounds where they can create that sort yeah. of... Um, that, like imperious atmosphere so yeah I don't think they'd like dominate the game which some other home sides uh, will over the weekend so yeah I'm going to go 1-1 one, one. Um, right well, we haven't had That's many it. questions um, this evening I think, we're... I think everyone's out uh, enjoying their Friday night we're just being two sad I... bastards talking yeah. about fantasy don't, people for the evening don't blame them 
Um, so everyone's out enjoying their Friday night. Is gonna be too hungover. We'll miss the deadline tomorrow morning, and um, yeah. you'll be. You might hit the top million. Um, oh, let, let's calm down. <laughs> let's, let's calm down. Bloody hell! We'll have a heart attack if that happens. Um, I'm hoping Sham has uh, al- already locked in um, his team. Um, <laughs> Before uh, he gets lost in the forest. Yeah, before he gets lost in the woods. Um, yeah, or the woods get lost in him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think uh, that's about it. Uh, right, any other business? Um, last thing is the mini league. If you haven't joined it, I can't even find where I've got the code. There it is. Um, yeah, the join code is 1PQSLT. Um, we'll keep it open to entrance uh, up until game week five deadline, um, where first prize will be a 2021-22 shirt of your choice. Um, we, we might even get the name on the back if it's a reasonable value oh, shirt. Um, there we go. Yeah, if it's not... Hopefully it's an Arsenal fan. Yeah, if it's not... Yeah, an Arsenal fan. If you pick a shirt that's too expensive, then uh, we'll just get the Happy Hour logo uh, put on the back (laughs) of the shirt for you. Um, So, yeah, get yourself in there. Um, I think the leader at the moment is on 124 points. Um, Jesus. Dara Cunningham. Um, Yeah, so he's up there. Um, I'll be in your DMs, I think Sham's in the top 20. Um, I think I'm in a top oh, he's a show 40, off, isn't 40 odd. Um, there's I think about 300 people in there. It would be great to get if we can get um, 500 in there. We, we're going to throw in some um, small uh, manager of the month prizes, like on a couple of random months as well. So yeah, make sure you get yourselves in there. Um, I'm but, 194th yeah. out of. 213. That's embarrassing. I should have brought that that up. Um, But yeah, that's about it. Um, Our next recording will be on Monday evening. So um, yeah, podcasts will be released late Monday night. Um, The uh, YouTube video version will be one o'clock on Tuesday, um, where we'll be doing a roundup of game week three. Game week three. Uh, round up a game week two. Um, we'll quickly run through our teams. Uh, maybe some initial thoughts on where where we're going next. Um, we've got to think of some topics. Uh, keep an eye out on Sunday. Um, there'll be a poll going out for the community topic, uh, hot topic for the week, um, which we can discuss. Um, and then I think we might just depending on result, uh, have a look a bit more in-depth at Villa um, because there is some value to be had there. So, and whilst we've got you oh, got you there, we'll, um, we'll, we'll, we might grab some stats and have a deep dive into Villa and um, Lovely. Would be the best asset, especially if we see, like you said, especially if we see John McGinn playing a more advanced role, I think, um, yeah, you'd have the likes of Bailey, Ings, Watkins, McGinn, Wendia, um, all to pick from, so it could make it very interesting. Like it. Um, but other than that, um, make sure you like the stream um, or the video, whatever you're watching. Um, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter. Um, you can see our Twitter details down at the bottom. Um, I 
need to add you to the bottom of it as well, James. Um, uh, don't worry. There's nothing on my Twitter. Make sure uh, yeah, you drop a like or, um, or a rating or whatever on the podcast. We're available on iTunes, Spotify, um, Podbean, um, and all that jazz is what Sham says, so we'll go with that. Um, Fantastic. And that's it. Have a great game week, guys, and we'll see you on Tuesday. Um, cheers. cheers, guys. Thanks, guys.